Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining us for episode 25. We will be going into our favorite bets and DraftKings plays for the 150th Open Championship, the final major of the year. Very excited since it is the final major. We actually have a number of guests coming on. It should be a good time. First, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Not going to waste a lot of time with the intro. We're going to get right into it because we got a lot to get to and very excited to get into the last major of the year. So we are live and ready to go for the final major of the year, the Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship to be exact. We're going to be playing at St. Andrews. And for the last major of the year, I brought in the big guns. We got your favorites. We got James Fitzpatrick. How you doing, Fitz? I'm good. I'm good. How's everybody else doing? Doing pretty good. We have Dave Utnick, fresh off his showdown win on Friday. Thanks. Happy to be back here. Uh, hoping to have uh, some success like we did last time around. And then we have probably the sharpest of the bunch, Mike Carpenter. How are we doing, Mike? First time on the pod. Glad to have you. Boys, how are you now? Doing pretty good. Glad to be here. Good. Good to hear. So, yeah, we'll kind of go into our favorite bets, favorite DraftKings plays. And first, we stay in Scotland this week for the Open Championship held at St. Andrews, one of the oldest courses in the world. The last four Open Championships that were held here were 2000 and 2005. Tiger won both of those. And the other two were 2010, where Louis Oosthuizen won, and 2015, which was won by Zach Johnson. Now, obviously, St. Andrews is one of the oldest courses in the entire world. I think I saw something crazy, like it was built in 1552. I don't even know how that's possible. But it's a 7,300-yard par 72 link-style course. There are 112 bunkers, obviously very deep bunkers. These are pot bunkers. You do not want to go in them at all. We have huge, heavy, undulated greens, so it'll be easy to hit some greens. But, I mean, we could see guys putting from 100 feet away with double breaks up over hills. So it's going to be really interesting. And one of the most unique parts about this course is there are 14 par 4s, only two par 5s, and two par 3s. So definitely interesting as far as that goes. Fitz, what kind of golfers are you looking at this week? I'm looking at golfers that are good on the approach, that can hit the right spots of the green, um, good ball strikers that, if the wind picks up, can still uh, hit their spots, and players that are good around the green that, I mean, <clears throat> you're going to get in trouble, so you got to be able to get yourself out of trouble, uh, the Lynx style golf. So uh, it's really going to depend on the weather. You know, if it's uh, if there's no wind, the guys will be able to get after it, so I want guys that can, you know, go after the pins and uh, and score. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think that's a very good point to make, too, is keep an eye on the wind, keep an eye on the weather. The problem is we are in Scotland, so it can literally change on a dime. Dave, you looking at any type of golfer in particular? Or are you looking at maybe making some splits if it does get windier, difficult? How do you, th- you see this playing out? I'm going to definitely keep an eye on the weather, but it's a majors week, so you want to be focused on playing good players. Um, good players across the board is something really to prioritize at these major championships. Um, looking at guys that are able to get out of the sand if they get in trouble, um, leg putting is definitely going to be one of the stats that I look into, um, and three putt avoidance. You want guys that are going to be, you know, striking it well, but also be able to get up and down from around the green. 
Yeah, absolutely. Three putt avoidance is going to be huge this week. Like I said, I mean, you're going to see guys literally hitting hundred foot putts with double breaks over hills. So getting those lag putts and being able to, to make putts to save par and, and scrambles definitely going to go a long way. Mike, how about you? you? You got anything in particular you're looking at? I mean, these guys are going to laugh at me, but I want ball strikers. I want ball strikers every week of the year. Like you, you hit it up the fairway, you put it on the green, you'll give yourself a chance. Absolutely. And, and I mean, here. Can't putt, right, Mike? What's that, Fitz? Ball strikers that can't putt, right, Mike? Yes. I, I love me some ball strikers that can't putt. I, I am addicted to them. I find at least two or three to jam in lineups every single week. It's what I do. Sometimes it's a sound strategy, but here I definitely think you you do want the ball strikers. And I think a lot of guys will come into play. that can strike it well. I mean, on these link style courses, obviously, basically you just want to advance the ball. These greens are huge. So if you got guys that are good on approach and, and can get closer and not be hitting those further putts, it definitely goes a long way. The other thing to keep in mind too is, is guys that aren't necessarily just good from the long approaches, but a lot of these par fours are, are shorter, like 350 to 400 yards. So there's going to be a lot of guys playing with wedges, short shots into the green. So not just the long approaches, but, but guys that are good with the wedges can be a little bit, bit inventive on the shorter shots. So I, I think that's a pretty good idea of what we're looking at course wise. Now, let's go into some of our favorite bets. So far, I have looked at a couple different boards. A couple guys stuck out. First thing I did was I bet Hideki Matsuyama at 50 to 1. Basically, saw that number. I do like a couple guys around that number that that interests me a little bit. But I do like Deki on this course and, and think 50 is a good number. So I bet that right away. And this might be a surprise to you guys. But uh, I also bet Bryson DeChambeau at 130 to 1. So... Fitz, you, you looking at anything? You got anything on mine? Yep, I had, uh, I'm with you with Matsuyama. So the two I got right now are, are Matsuyama at 50 to 1 and Joaquin Neiman at 50 to 1. Um, I'll keep saying, I think Neiman's, you know, going to be knocking on the door and he's going to win a major eventually. Um, I think the link style of golf should fit his game. And then there's two long shots that I have in place, but I'm looking at um, Patrick Reed at 100 to 1. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, link style around green, make some putts, uh, gets difficult. And then uh, just that win equity of Patrick Reed at 101 and then Danny Willett at 130 to one. I wish that number was a little higher, but um, again, link style golf, a major guys won a major before. Um, so those are two long shots I'm looking at and Matsuyama and Neiman at 50 to one I already placed. Nice. Yeah, I, I like Neiman. Um, don't know if I'm going to put a bet in on him, but I, I do like the number. I definitely like him at this course, especially if he gets windy. He can he can hit that low ball flight. And like you said, I mean, he, I definitely think there's a major in his future. Don't see why it couldn't be an open championship. Dave, what about you? You got any uh, bets in yet? Have you looked at anything? For some reason, you seem to always get these boosts that none of us could get. No, no boost for me this week. Um, I'm going to wait until... Um, the odds kind of shake out a little bit and keep an eye on the weather before I place any bets. Um, I've had Hideki clicked. I've had Neiman clicked. Um, I had Homa clicked yesterday at 70 to one and he's down to shorter than that now. Um, yeah. Uh, early research, Tony Finau 50 to one sounds like something I might be interested in, but I really want to take a shot somewhere a little bit further up the board. Um, whether it be a Patrick Cantlay, 
uh, Colin Morikawa again. I'm definitely going to add someone a little bit further up top to my odds board, but pretty much have the same line of thinking as you guys. Really like peppering that 50 to 1 and probably add in someone with a little bit more talent up top as well. Yeah, that that was basically what I was telling Fitz before we got on was uh, at the top of the board, I'm kind of letting it shake out. I kind of want to see where these numbers fall. Like you said, want to see what the weather is going to be. You know, we might only be able to predict maybe the first half of the, the first round what the weather is going to be. But still, if you have some guys going off and it looks like it's going to be bad, I'd rather have that information. But also, like I said, I saw Justin Thomas at 22 to 1. And I mean, at that number, that's almost an auto bet. But then Rom and Scheffler are lurking at like 18. So if they fall below 20, I kind of like them a little bit more. So let, letting the numbers kind of pan themselves out at the top of the board, same, same idea. And I am 100% betting Morikawa. I'm just hoping that his number falls a little bit. I don't see a lot of people betting him. So he's 30 to 1 right now. I will gladly take that number. But I'm hoping to maybe get down to 35. If it gets to 40, I would absolutely love that. What about you, Mike? You got uh, any bets that you've made so far and any idea of, of where you're, you might be going? Stole my thunder there a little bit. JT and Rom, they're both listed at 16 right now, but if those can get to 20, that's that's like printing money. Like the, I'll take 20 to one on the two of them, 52 weeks a year. And then just a little Absolutely. bit deeper, uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for some Cam Smith and Homa. Like I hate seeing 40 on Homa when it was 65 earlier this afternoon. Like he's gonna get a marquee win here eventually. And this is the totally the type of event, type of course where you know he just kind of plods the first three days and then goes out there and shoots 64 on Sunday just for the shits of it. And there you go, British Open Championship. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, I, I don't mind any of those bets. And and like you said, Rom Ram and, and JT. At a good number, you can make a case for them at any course. Now, I did see people a little bit concerned with the way JT played last week. I think that's probably the main reason why he was at a bigger number, but I think he's absolutely fine. I wouldn't be worried at all. Supposedly, he went right back out and, and was playing golf afterwards, so I don't think there's really anything wrong with him there. So as far as bets go, I think that's pretty good. We covered it pretty good. Like we said, we're going to mainly be hammering that 50 40 area and, and let the top of the board pan out a little bit. So why don't we jump right into DraftKings at the very top of the board? Rightfully so. We have Rory McElroy finally pushing Scotty from that top spot. Rory is $11,100. Last couple of years, he hasn't really been great at the open, but previously second, fourth, and fifth in 2016 through 2018 at the open championship. So the way he's been playing, Definitely, definitely worth the top price fits. Are you going to be playing Rory or do you like one of these other guys at the top here? Uh, first glance, uh, probably not. I'm kind of glad that Rory took the top uh, spot in scoring from Scheffler. And so I think, you know, everyone's going to kind of gravitate towards Rory. Um, I usually don't like to play the most, you know, expensive guy. And I've uh, been, been off Scheffler and he's just been on a tear. So if, you know, with Rom. Scheffler sandwich between Rom and JT and Rory, who's going to be extremely popular. I think Scheffler might go a little bit um, under the radar as far as ownership. And, you know, at a link style course, you keep that, it gets windy, keep that ball five low around, you know, low around the green, putting. Um, I'll play Scheffler here and JT and Speed. Those are my three favorites in the 10K and above. 
I'm having a hard time kind of deciding who exactly I want here. Rory has been playing so good, and, and this almost looks to set up perfectly for him, so it almost seems too good to be true. Kind of probably going to let the ownership game really decide who I play here. Definitely going to play Scotty, though. I, I just, you know, hopefully him missing the cut last week, it was kind of like a Dustin Johnson-esque performance. It looked like he knew he was out of it and just didn't give a shit, so... Hopefully people stay away from him there. He's the only one that I've locked in here at the top that I know I'm definitely playing. Dave, what about you? You got a preference up here or kind of waiting to see what happens kind of like with the betting? I mean, in a bubble, Rory is probably my top play from above 10K, but I haven't constructed any lineups to see what that costs me down below. Um, You can really make a case for any of these guys truly. Um, Rory, Rom, JT, I mean, everyone's going to be playing Jordan Spieth, but right now I haven't really crossed any of these guys up top off my list. You can truly make a case for any of them here. Um, I'll see what ownership looks like. And, you know, again, the weather waves, things of that nature, things to look at as the week progresses. But I mean, you got five of the top best players in the world right now. Um, it's really tough to make a case against any of them. Absolutely. And and like you said, I, I see Spieth probably being the highest owned and for good reason up here. Could see it being Rory, but I think that the fact that he's $1,100 more expensive than Spieth is probably going to make people go to Spieth. And second last year here, or not here, but at, at the Open, 20th, 9th, won in 2017. So great links player, has played well at the Open Championship, obviously played well last week, not well enough to win me a DraftKings tournament, but that's a totally different conversation. I will definitely have Spieth in the player pool, probably only my three entry and single entry might go away from him in 20 max. Uh, Mike, what about you? How, how are you looking to, to kind of attack the top of this board here? I like seeing Rory the most expensive because it means I can hammer Rory and hopefully dodge some ownership. Even though I, is it too early to say I'm team fuck ownership? Like I no, just don't think ownership matters. Like it, yeah, go out there and throw the stone cold nuts out there. Let everyone else do their thing. Throw the stone cold nuts out there. But I think I can dodge a little bit of that ownership with Rory being so expensive and I'm just going to hammer him week after week after week after week after week. That's not a bad approach, especially the way he's been playing this year. And like you said, I mean, the fact that he is the highest priced, it, it could actually help quite a bit because I think if Scotty had a better showing last week, maybe he's still the highest own. And, and it probably actually, even if it's a couple dollars less, it probably actually bumps Rory's ownership up quite a bit. So that's not a bad take. The bad take is the fact that ownership doesn't matter because it really depends on what contest you're in. Nah. Fitz, you got, nah. Fitz, you got something to say? Yeah, I just want to say um, I think that, you know, bringing Mike on needs to be called the, the casual corner part of the show because just the, the fuck ownership take is uh, it's just awful when you're playing GPPs. That's, uh, that's what I got to say there. And then First uh, of all, that was my just, name for my segment. Don't, don't be out here trying to, to steal my copyrights. <laughs> I fully admit I'm casual and I fully admit I don't give a shit about ownership because I'm going to throw the stone cold nuts out there one of these days. But I, I think it's a good thing to actually have you on with, with your takes because, you know, obviously everybody attacks it differently. So it's, it's nice to see a different take on it and, and how someone else might be thinking about it. As far as the ownership goes, though, you, you are right in some aspects. If a guy is a good play and, and he's at high ownership, 
I mean, perfect example, Xander the past two weeks when I faded him and he's won the tournament, it kills you if you don't have it. So play the best plays, right? That's what I'm about. (laughs) All right. So speaking of Xander, I mean, if the pricing didn't come out early, he's probably a thousand dollars more expensive. So you, you got Spieth and Xander right there. They're probably the two highest owned. Is, is there any way you can go away from Xander? Dave, we could start with you on this one. I mean, kind of to Mike's point on this, it maybe it should be a fuck ownership take here. Um, he's won the last two tournaments. We gave ourselves every reason not to play Scotty Scheffler at the Masters. He went out there and won the Masters. Um, can Xander go out there and win the Open too? especially at 30% ownership, it's definitely possible. Matthew Fitzpatrick, the same thing. Jordan Spieth, the same thing here. They're all going to be high-owned because they're good plays. It's just a matter of how much you can stomach and what you're doing with the rest of your roster down below to make sure it's worthwhile. But you're looking at the best player on the planet right now over the last two, three weeks. He's out there winning everything in front of them. Um, I don't know how you can not play him and not be overweight on him. All right, Fitz, I'm, I'm going to need you to make a case, too, because I am way too biased on this. I Like I said, I faded Xander the last two times. He's he's won. I just, for some reason, he's always high-owned, and I, I have no problem fading him. In the past, it hasn't really hurt me, but obviously the last couple times it has quite a bit. So I don't know what I want to do with him because I can talk myself into Fitzpatrick and, and Zalatoris and Cam Smith and even Cantlay, you know, b- being a little bit better than him. Is he really going to win three tournaments in a row? Obviously with the way he's playing, it's possible, but if you play this tournament a bunch of times, you can't tell me those other guys don't finish better than him. So where, where are you on Xander? Yeah. Um, as much as he bust Mike's balls about the ownership thing, um, you know, I think a lot of times we can kind of, you know, overthink it and talk ourselves out of good plays just because everyone else is playing them and the ownership's going to be high. Um, in this case, with Xander and Spieth, I'm fuck ownership and I'm playing them both because they're just too good of plays here at the Open. I mean, Spieth is, I don't think he's finished below top 30 in any Open. I mean, you need that that magic beans, that, that magic around the greens and the hot putter and just, you know, no matter what trouble he gets and he works his way out. And Xander is kind of the same way where he's, you know, he really, um, you know, can get, get himself out of trouble, get around the green. And he's just playing, he's playing too, the form's too good right now. The open form's too, too good and open history. I mean, everything's just, I can't say one bad thing to tell you not to play Xander except for the ownership thing, but he goes out there and wins at 9,900. Who cares if he's 25% owned? You're not going to win a GP without having the winner in it. That is factual. So, so Mike, I mean, he's going to be the highest owned. You don't care about ownership. You're going to have some Xander in there? Yeah, I don't know how you don't have Xander in there. Like, I'm not saying you eat every single piece of chalk you ever look at, but, like, if you're ever going to eat chalk, it's going to be for Xander. It's going to be for Rory. It's, a, it's you know. Just just take it and move on. They're giving you a gift. Take it and move on. Fair just enough. Play them together. Yeah. Yep. That, I am going to absolutely jam them together. A thousand percent <laughs> I'm going to jam them together. There we go. Hashtag casual. <laughs> that, that's probably. I appreciate you keeping it casual, Mike. Staying true to, you, true to yourself. So that, that is the one thing. Ownership by itself on a player, not necessarily the worst. Ownership when you have two of the highest players that everyone's probably going to start their lineup with, that's when it gets a little dicey. 
But, but like, you're like naturally you building in your variance because you're going to the rest of your lineup is going to be down in the 6K range where they are not high owned anyway. You build your variance down there. Give, give me one and two at the end of Sunday and I'm good with it. I'll figure out the rest. I just got to get lucky and get a six of six through. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> you're not even unique in your construction because when you start with the highest price guy and then go to a t- guy that's 10K, everyone that builds like that is going to be in the 6Ks. What do I care about them? I'll just throw out the stone cold nuts. And you need the 6K guy to win outside of that too, because he's the one that's making a difference in your lineup, which probably isn't going to happen. No, I'm not losing ground to the rest of the top of the board. But you're losing ground on everyone. Xander and Rory both finished top three. You fade both of them. You are now just, what shot do you have? I mean, you're missing two of the top three. We can have a whole show arguing your ownership take, but I mean, you're not, I, you can play for the Stone Cold Nuts. Yeah, it's great. You know, you can play, you know, you play Lotto every day also. But, I mean, in a big I field. I do play Lotto every day. You're not, you're Ballers, not playing for the Nuts. Go. You're playing for, to, to, you're, to beat the rest of the field. And that's what ownership does, helps you differentiate and get your odds against the rest of the field. You know that's how you win a race fits? By running the fastest. All right. And I'm not worried about everybody else. As long as I'm running faster, I'm running the fastest. That's all that matters. All right. Running the fastest, and then you lose your footing and fall down because you have three 6K guys that missed the cut in your lineup. (laughs) But anyways, moving on. So last week, what I decided was that Matthew Fitzpatrick was a better play than Xander Schauffele, and I was wrong. However, I 100% stand by the reasoning behind it and, and definitely think that this week you can make another case. I mean, he didn't even bring his A game and still was contending for most of the weekend. So Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,700 hasn't been incredible at the Open Championship, but obviously with the, the gains he's gotten off the tee, we saw what he did at the U.S. Open and how he's looked the past couple of weeks. I, I'm 100% in on, on Fitzpatrick. Fitz, what about you? Your namesake, you, you going with it? Yep, I'm going with my uh, my half-brother over there on the other side of the pond. Definitely going to play Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm going to play Xander. There's a lot of uh, a lot of guys here in the 9K I want to play. But, again, you know, I would just be talking myself out of it because of ownership. Um, I'm not going to play, you know, a Spieth-Xander-Fitzpatrick lineup because those are the three highest owned. But I will uh, definitely have some exposure to Fitzpatrick. Dave, what about you? You you like Fitz here, or, or you you kind of looking past him at someone else here in, in the nine K range? No, I like Fitz here also. He's also playing incredible golf right now. Um, I like him a little bit more than Zalatoris. I like him more than Ken Smith. You know, right below him there. Um, it's going to come down to construction, but in a vacuum, especially if the wind picks up, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is always there near the top of the board on windy tournaments. So. Um, he certainly can go out there and win this one also. Yeah, I, I like Fitz. Uh, coming into the week, I kind of wanted to fade Zalatoris. I really think it's going to depend on, on what the sentiment is on him. If a lot of guys aren't going to play him, then I will go to him. But I, I just, you know, people basically just expect him to win a major now because he's been so good in them. And I, I don't think that's a guarantee. I don't, I don't really know how well he's going to play. Obviously, didn't look good. Last week, totally different course, so that doesn't really mean much. But I don't know how I feel on Zalatoris right now. Have anybody want to make a case for or against him? Or, I mean, any of these guys in, in the 9K range, other than Lowry, I, I really don't know what I want to do with. Yeah, I'm I mean, not Lowry. What's that, Mike? 
I'm all in on Lowry. Of course, he's the highest, uh, other highest owned up here. So you got to play him. (laughs) Probably. So, um, I mean, I'll I'll make a case for Zalatoris. Um, You know, the guy's just been uh, remarkable in majors. I mean, it seems like he's second or top five in every major, and uh, Linkshaw should fit him. I thought my case against him was going to be ownership, but um, early in the week, it just doesn't seem that he's going to be that high as someone because of Fitzpatrick's there, Xander Spieth, um, a lot of guys below him. So I don't think the ownership is going to be what I thought it was. So I might have to move on to him. But uh, another thing about Zalatoris is it kind of keys on how the course is going to play. If the wind's up and it's difficult and it's a lower scoring, I like Zalatoris. If it's, you know, no wind and it's a kind of birdie fest where the winner's at 17, 18 under par, I don't like Zalatoris as much because it's, I know that's the narrative, but it's kind of been proven, um, you know, it's birdie fest. He just doesn't hit enough putts to really, contend he's more of a grinded out guy that uh you know can score when it scoring's kind of low so <clears throat> i'll take that into account and then ownership into account if i play Dallas Horse or not yeah that's basically where i stand on him and, and i do like that is you know i'm, I'm gonna make a couple lineups where i'm gonna i'm gonna play it as if it's gonna be difficult and then a couple as if it's a birdie fest and then really at the top here i think what i'm gonna do is similar to last week is is i'm gonna play a lot of these guys and i'm gonna take stances down below and, and play less of the guys down below, you know, find a couple guys I like because we're, we're sitting here and, and we can make cases for all these guys. So the, the more you can get them in your lineups, I think the better you're going to do if, if you can hit the lower guys, right? What about you, Dave? Who, who's, who's your favorite up here in, in the lower nine Ks? Do like uh, Hideki a lot. Um, been really eyeing Patrick Cantlay, Shane Lowry. Uh, Dustin Johnson seems to be playing decent golf i honestly don't know what to do with much of these high-end live guys um but you know there might not be much ownership on dj there uh the one i'll throw to you guys is what do you do with victor hovland uh he's nine thousand dollars he's also 50 to one which we didn't cover before he doesn't seem to be playing very good golf but is this just betting on talent here in a normal week i i would say yes and I, I don't mind it, especially at the at the low ownership, but he just has not looked right. And I just don't think that this is the place to get right. Now his his game should fit here. You know, you hit the ball well off the tee and and great on approach, good at putting. If if he goes in a bunker, he's screwed. But really, if anybody goes in a bunker, they're screwed at this course. So he should fit here, but with the way he's been playing, I'm, I'm fine. If Hovland comes out and scorches this place, I'm fine with him not being in my lineup. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You, you like anyone else here other than Lowry at, at the lower nines? I mean, I like Cam Smith just because I'm a fan, but uh, I just don't think I'm going to be in this range if I'm jamming, you know, a whole bunch of Rory with or yep. without yep. Uh, Xander. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm starting my lineup at Rory, like I just don't think I have much of the, you know, mid to high nines. And that that makes sense. And and if those are your guys, you know, then skip right over the these guys because if like I'll if you're dabble in here where I can, I just don't think I'm going to be able to get much. Absolutely, Fitz. Did you have a take on Hovland or or you want to move down to the eights? Yeah, back to Hovland. Did I hear a hard pass from the casual corner on Hovland? Yes, yes, you did. Give me a hard pass on Hovland. He's a ball striker who can't putt. (laughs) Who's also, has he broken 80 the last month? 
Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Hovland's, I, I, I'm a big fan of Hovland, and usually, I, you know, I would be on him here at this price with his ownership, but yeah, he's really just, uh, something's off with his game. He's not playing well, and if he's not, you know, ball striking it great, his around the green game just is, it seems to be, he says he's working on it, but it seems to be getting worse. So yeah, if he uh, if he's in a bunker and he's, you know, not, you know, ball striking and hitting every green, I worry about his around the green game. I worry about his ball striking and just state of his game in general. I like um, ball strikers who can't putt. I don't like ball strikers who can't strike balls. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I am going to play DJ at nine two just because I, I'm a sucker. I always, uh, you know, at, at this price and its ownership, I just play the talent. He has been playing, I guess, you know, I don't know, take into account the live tournaments. He's been playing decent there. He was actually decent at the last major, the U.S. Open. Um, so, I, you know, at 9-2, at the low ownership, you don't need him to win. I think uh, I'll work him into some lineups. And <clears throat> like I said, uh, you know, we'll bet in Matsuyama at 50-1. I'm definitely, definitely like Matsuyama and DJ down here. And uh, yeah, probably no or a little hobbling. Yeah, in my in my twenty x twenty max, I'll probably pepper a little bit of, of Decky and DJ. They're definitely going to be low owned. I definitely think both of them could play well here. Like you said, you know, DJ's looked a little bit better recently, albeit on the live tour against uh, lesser talent. But I, I don't mind playing some of these live guys. One of which Louis Oosthuizen. You know, I've I've actually been hearing a lot of steam on him, so I'd like to see what his ownership comes in at. But eight thousand eight hundred dollars, maybe maybe some people steer away. He's he's been good on live. He even played a DP event. I think he came top ten in that too. Obviously, won at this exact course in two thousand and ten. So has a lot of what you like at this course. Dave, you, you playing some Louis or? I'll let uh ownership dictate that i'm not usually a louis guy um i'm looking one above and one below right now at burns and hatton you know uh 100 up and 100 down from him which i would would much rather play than louis Ustays in here lucy does have that course history but even hatton fleetwood going down to tony finau even who has some pretty interesting stats on three putt avoidance recently um t to green he's been striking it really well um, I'd much rather be playing those guys over Louie. Um, and if Louie is g- carrying ownership, that's an easy fade for me. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a good point. Uh, Hatton, you know, obviously link style could play well, especially if it gets difficult. Same with Fleetwood. The, I think this is going to be a tough range to, to make a decision on. Burns, I love. He's obviously played well this year. The last two times out, though, he has not looked good. I don't know what's up with that, but I, I'm kind of leaning away from Burns. I think I'm going to let recent form kind of be my tiebreaker here. So I, I like these Lynx guys, Fleetwood, Hatton, probably going to play some Finau. Anybody playing Brooks? I am because – I always play Brooks in a major. He hasn't paid off for me recently. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to play Brooks down here and uh, just, you know, if it gets difficult, you know, open a major and then uh, Louie, I'm a sucker for Louie. So I'm playing Louie. Not only did he win here in 2010, he came in second in 2015 and seems to be playing better. Um Ownership wise, I think what it was in priced up here, um, even though we had a little bit of buzz, I think when it gets time to make lineups with Burns at eight, you know, above them and Hatton and Fleetwood and Kepka and Fina, which I like all those guys, 
I don't think Usti garners too much ownership. And I mean, even if he has owned, I'm going to play Usti. And then uh, Brooks and Fleetwood are probably the other guys I really like. But I like this whole kind of, I'm not going to play Burns. I haven't been playing Burns in majors. It hasn't hurt me yet. Not playing well now. Um, so, but I like a lot of these guys, you know, eight, four from Tony Finau up, but I'm going to play a lot of Usti and Fleetwood and I will play Brooks because I always do. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually throw a couple of Brooks in, in my 20 max. Um, I think Finau will probably be the highest owned here and, and can't really argue against that. He's, he's played well at the open 15th, third, ninth, 27th and 18th. Those are pretty good finishes for 8,400. If we go just below him at Sung JM, I'm out. I just, I don't know what it is lately. Obviously, he should play well at this course with his skill set, but something just looks off with him. Uh, Mike, now I know you're going to play those guys up top and probably go down low, but is there anyone that sticks out here for you? You, you think anyone looks good? Whenever I'm not sure who to play in this range, I play Tommy Fleetwood and it never works out for me. So I'll probably just do that again. Um, you know, I, I just don't have any flags here. Like whoever fits in any given lineup, like it's, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb here to, 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 to jam, you know, probably too much Fleetwood. Uh, Cause I just, another thing that I just do, but I, I mean, I'm just not intrigued by this range to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, it is. It is a weird range. And I mean, there's some guys down here in the lower eights that are going to be pretty low owned and, and squeezed. So obviously Bryson, nobody's going to want to play him, but the fact that he played a live event and actually looked healthy, that's enough for me. $8,100. I will sprinkle some of him in there. Couple, a uh, couple lineups where I'm, I'm building for, for guys playing off the tee. And, you know, this is kind of a shorter course, obviously there's trouble, but if guys can overpower this course, I'm more than happy making a lineup with Bryson in it. And definitely, I kind of am intrigued by Connors. He's been a little bit up and down lately, but I, I think he could be good here. He's sixth off the tee, 14th in par four scoring, 15th in fairways gained over the last 50 rounds. So I think Connors' game could fit here in an 8,200. That's not a bad price, but I probably Paul would. Striker, can't putt, sign me up. There you go. There you go. No, and, and I, I really do think that could play here because really you're just going to have to flag putt really good ball striking. So I, I think Connors could do well here. But like I said, if, if it's getting difficult, if it's getting windy, Neiman is definitely in play at 8,000. So I, I, I definitely like that. Dave, what about you at, the, at this bottom range? You, you liking anybody? Definitely crossing anyone off or? I mean, I, we said it a little bit in the top of the show, Neiman and Homa. I've liked them both a lot here. Um, Corey Connors is a really interesting pivot. If I'm not going out to, you know, all the way up to try to get Hatton or Fleetwood in um, this low eight range is going to carry a lot of ownership, which means you're going to get a lot of common builds. I mean, you're going to get a lot of that balanced build with Nima and Homa and Finau um louie like you're gonna need to be different i wouldn't really load up in this range maybe just plant a flag somewhere um or dip down to the next tier yeah i definitely think that that makes sense and and homa right now with with the amount of homa love i am hearing that there's a possibility he's the highest owned on the slate i definitely like him i i don't think i can get away from him but it's it's looking like he's going to be pretty high owned, and then once we dip down into the sevens, it's just going to be chaos. I don't think anybody knows what they really want to do, who they want to plant their flag with. Some of these guys are not in the 
the best shape with their game and you can make cases for them, make cases against them. So, you know, it's, it's almost the polar opposite of the top. Obviously you want to play them all. These guys, I don't know if you really want to play any of them. Fitz, you get, you got anyone uh, other than Homa you're, you're looking at here towards the tops of the sevens. Yeah. Um, I'll play Adam Scott, seven, seven. Um, it's just, you know, kind of a uh, link style, you know, open fit and playing. All right. Uh, I'll play Bobby Mack. Another good Lynx player, um, you know, plays often over there across the pond. Um, I, don't, I don't know, I'm debating if I should play Webb. I always play him, and he, every time I do, he always kills me. But maybe some Webb. Uh, you guys, I'll, you know, I'll fit in the room. I'll lead right to it. You guys playing Tiger? I'm thinking about it. I I don't know. I think I might just uh, might just make a bet on him to make the cut. I do think that, you know, th- this this is what he's basically been planning on all year. You know, he wanted to play the Masters. He wanted to make the cut. He wanted to get the leg a little bit more healthy so that he could make a run here. Obviously, loves this place, has won here twice. So, you know, I don't know if I can do it. The price really isn't too bad, but I, I don't know. Probably make a bet to make the cut maybe a top 20 for shits and giggles but i don't know if he's going to make the player pool dave what about you are you playing tiger or are you like anyone in this range i like the to make the cut bet for tiger um i could see him playing well uh thursday friday and then just fading out over the weekend um this range right here uh, cameron young is interesting i'm not exactly sure what i'm going to do with him just yet he might be a little bit inexperienced for here Tiger, you know, the experience where we're even talking about playing him is truly because he knows how to get around this course. Um, other than that, I mean, some of our favorite live guys that were gone for a while are now back that I don't know if you can really stomach playing. Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, I'll probably play. He looked pretty good in uh, Oregon out there and was playing a little bit well before he left, but I mean, we're getting a little bit farther down now, but there's a ton of guys in this range. Uh, you'll probably end up winning your GPPs based on what you do around here. Hey, hey, Derek. Yo. What's Paul Casey's price? Yep. Insert Paul Casey pricing. <laughs> $7,500 every single major. He's within $200 of it, guaranteed. I'm uh, I'm out on Casey. You know, obviously, if if you're thinking about playing Tiger, you're you got some injury concerns. There's just as many, if not even more, with Paul Casey. Obviously, a little bit younger, but I, I'm I'm out on Casey. I, this range is, like you said, I mean, this is where you're gonna have to kind of whittle it down and and figure out who to go with. Fitz, I like what you said about Adam Scott. You know, hasn't been great lately, but. 14th at the U.S. Open was was his last time out and looked pretty good, has played well at the Opens, came 10th here at, at St. Andrews back in 2015, so I do like him. A guy that I don't play a lot but could be interesting, Mark Leishman. He actually came second here and, and lost in the playoff back in 2015. He's been pretty crappy this year, except for in the majors, really. So he played the Masters okay came 30th, then he missed the cut at the Wells Fargo, 51st at AT&T, the Byron Nelson, then 34th at the PGA, not bad if at, at this price, missed the cut at the Memorial, then 14th at the U.S. Open. So, I mean, he's he showed up for the majors, and obviously his game could suit this course pretty good. So 
probably going to make a decision between playing him and, and Fitz. I know you, you said you don't know if you want to play Webb, but I, I could see Webb also. He's played well at Opens, 19th, 30th, 12th, the last three Open championships. He's only missed one cut in eight appearances at the Open, so plays it well. He's actually gained off the tee and on approach in five of his last six tournaments. Obviously missed the cut at, at the, the last one, but he, he's been showing some signs of life, so I, I don't hate that. All right. Mike, what about you? You're probably going to be okay. living in this range. Yeah, lot, lots. Of, I, I don't hate Leishman. Like me some Leishman. Um, as wrong as I am with Fleetwood, I'm usually right with Bobby Mack. And I'm probably going to be on Bobby Mack this week. Um, I don't know why. I just guess right when he's going to play. Um, probably not with – like you guys are underestimating how tough it is to walk St. Andrews with, with just the, you know – Link style, you know, Mowgli fairways and spots like that's not an easy walk for Tiger. Um, now he's Tiger. He could do whatever he wants. He could still go out there and make a cut. I just I'm, I'm a little skeptical there. And then a little lower. Give me some Bobby Ho. I like me some Bobby Ho. Some Billy Ho? Billy Ho. Yeah, Billy Ho. You know what I meant. Good old Bobby Ho. Bobby Ho. One guy I just want to mention that we kind of all skipped over. Uh, Justin Rose. Uh, Justin Rose has been playing well lately, and he's another guy, like we said with Adam Scott, who seems to be playing good in majors. I think there's that group of guys like, you know, Adam Scott, um, Justin Rose, who you can't really count on during a long season, but, you know, with their experience and, and their, their play, they're, you know, you can kind of count on them to show up in majors. I think that's what they're going to emphasize for the rest of the, you know, going forward. So I'll play uh, Justin Rose here since, uh, no one else mentioned them. Yeah, I, I was in some Seamus. Yeah, I was working my way down there. I was still kind of up in the upper sevens. I, I have no problem with with playing Rose. Um, he plays these short par fours very well. Obviously, has experience, so I, I'm fine with that. Seamus, he's he's played well this year. I, I think he could do well here, I, and I think he's going to go overlooked. So seven thousand four hundred, not a bad price. And then my arch nemesis. And, Mine too. And, I know where you're going. Yep, and I, was gonna, I was going to say, Mike, I was going to pass it to you. What, what are I, we doing with Sergio? What are we I, doing? I mean, I'm, I'm playing. I, I play Sergio. It's what I do. Uh, it's one of those things. So, yeah, Sergio's going to hurt me. He's going to burn me. He's going to burn me for the rest of his career. It's it's fine. I accept it. Like um, I'm like a woman who gets beat and then just keeps going back. Like it's it's okay. I love him. Well, you know what? He beats the shit out of you and then comes to my house and fucks me <laughs> in my ass. <laughs> so, so basically this week, I'm, I'm, I should just play Sergio and fade Xander and we're par for the course. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sergio actually should be pretty good here. Like I said, I like a lot of these live guys, so I might go there. But honestly, somebody that's sticking out to me is, is Taylor Gooch. If we're talking about live guys that everybody hates, that's a complete asshole Gooch. I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. He did come 33rd in the open last year. He's, he's pretty good at what you want at this course, 17 on, on approach seventh or sorry, second in three putt avoidance, eighth in sand saves over the last 50 rounds. So I, I do like Gooch at 7,300 and I don't think anybody's going to own him. Is he just going to get heckled from T to T though? Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's really, any different from from what it has been? Does Gooch oh, gonna... have that dog in him though? Like I don't think he could take that for for the entire time. 
See, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like he has a little Patrick Reed in him. I think he actually likes playing the villain. I, I think he likes being a heel now. I, I think he's actually embraced it. So, I mean, like I said, it, it's no one's really going to play him. So it's not like I have to play a lot of them to get overweight. But I, I don't mind a couple lineups with Gooch in there. What are we doing with Mito? Because the, the guy has been Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde. I mean, he's... He looks incredible for a round and then all of a sudden he's missing the cut. It's, it's, it's been up and down, but he should be good for the course. I, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about Mito? I'm playing him. You start getting down to this range. You got to start playing good players. Um, he's shown it in a major, you know, for 71 holes. Um, he's just, too much talent for this price, um, and he's good around the greens. I think he sets up well here. Yeah, that's kind of where I stand on him, too. Fitz, you like anybody down in the, the lower sevens here? Anybody yeah. stick out? Yeah, honestly, I don't really like this range. Um, you're probably going to have to um, pick someone right down here. I usually don't play Gooch. You might have talked me into a little bit of Gooch. Um, probably not going to play Mito. I don't like Thomas Peters, Henley Barner. Uh, I know Mike's playing Keegan Bradley, ball striker, can't putt, but I'll probably skip a lot of these guys and go down to Danny Willett at 7,000, maybe a little gooch. Yeah, I really don't like this bottom seven range. Yeah, bottom, bottom sevens, a couple guys I'm thinking about. I, I think Varner could play well here. He's He's played well at some of the bigger tournaments. Supposedly he withdrew last week because he wanted to play some more link style courses and, and stayed in Ireland, I guess. I guess it really wasn't an injury that he pulled out with. So I like Varner. A couple guys that were added to the field that that I don't even know if they're in Fantasy National yet or they might have been added later today. But uh, Munoz and, and Sahit Tagala. Tagala has been, been great other than the 18th hole at the Travelers, but that's another story. What? What about you, Mike? You're going to have to pepper this range. Where, where yeah. are you going? I like Munoz. I like where you're going there. I like Varner. I like Henley. Um, I'm actually not on – I'm very seldom on Keegan, believe it or not. Um, I like Ryan Fox. Shows up in world events. Um, you know, I, I like – I mean, I'm forced to like a lot of this range. So, I, I mean, it's not necessarily by choice. But, you know, I, I can I can see myself – I'm probably not going to be on Mito. In general, in, in, in for the British, I want dudes who, who played the Scottish, who played, you know, maybe the Irish Open a couple of months ago. I want dudes who played, you know, overseas and played well overseas. It's just a different game over there. Um, not Probably not being on Mito. Uh, Peters, I could stand. Um, there, there's a bunch here that I'm probably going to be fairly heavy on. Yeah, you, you named a couple names that, that I like. I'm definitely out on Keegan. Uh, what do you guys think, Dave? What, what are you doing with Gary Woodland? He, he looked good at times last week. His game, you know, hitting that low stinger could be good if it gets windy here. Doesn't look well, like I he's mean, getting too much steam yet. The stinger is, you know, such a key part of any uh, really efficient golf game, especially in the wind there. <laughs> um, another name I like in that range a little bit better is Jordan Smith. He played last week from overseas, played well last week, could, you know, carry that good form in. But I'll take a look at Woodland. I'll take a look at Ryan Fox, uh, Victor Perez, to see what these guys have been doing overseas a little bit more recently. Uh, looking for guys in good form down here that have been playing well and competing. So uh, 
really like those names, but I think Smith is uh, the top of my list of that group. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind Smith obviously looked pretty good. I, I really wonder if he's going to get, you know, obviously nobody down here gets too much ownership, but I'm interested to see where the sentiment is on him. If we drop down into the higher sixes, really don't love a lot here in the, in the upper sixes. I don't mind Chris Kirk. A lot of the things that you want here, he's, he's pretty good with 16th off the tee, 23rd and three putt avoidance, 19th on par four scoring. So like how his game could fit here. Maybe a little Mackenzie Hughes with the short game. Not really anybody that's standing out crazy. Like you said, you're looking for guys that are in good form. Kitayama obviously looked pretty good last week. Fitz, what about you? You you see anything down here that sticks out, or are you going to be avoiding this 6K range? Yeah, no, I'm going to uh, – there's actually quite a few names. I think I'll uh, sprinkle in there. Lucas Herbert, um, you know, a guy who plays good in the wind, who plays good link style golf. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, another guy who's, you know, played well in the open before. He showed flashes of form, good around the green player. Mackenzie Hughes, like you mentioned, um, just kind of good little Jordan Spieth's light. Uh, Justin Harding, uh, who showed a little bit of form last week. Another guy who can, you know, play good on this type of course. Um, yeah, just those, basically those guys. Um, I like maybe, you know, some, some Euro guys, Audrey Arnaud, um, but yeah, a little tidbit I heard about Keith Mitchell was, I guess his mom went to like St. Andrews University and his dad like a member at the course. So I don't know how often he's played it, but he's a guy who got a lot of distance and, you know, he, he's popped before, maybe some Keith Mitchell, but uh, not going to be too heavy on on anybody particular, but I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle this range. Yeah, that, that's an interesting tidbit on Mitchell. I, I was actually keeping an eye on him, was thinking about him. Maybe, like I said, you know, some of those lineups where I'm, I'm playing guys mainly off the tee, he, he might make one of those. That might make some sense. So, Mike, you're, you're basically going to live and die here. What do, you, what do you got in this six case? There's not going to be a lot of high-owned guys, so you're going to have to pick wisely. I like Kirk. I like uh, I like Horsfeld. Uh, I, I even even if I didn't need to be here, I would be on Horsfeld. Um, obligatory Patty Harrington reference. Um, remember when Grillo Grio was good at golf? Like I miss those days. Um, yeah. You know, I printed money during that that like eight week stretch. Ball striker that can't putt, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean it's going to be the same as the low sevens. Like I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a bunch. Like I don't know how necessarily heavy I'll be because I'm kind of gonna, you know, spread my wings here a little bit. Like this is where I need to kind of get some variance in there. So I like, I don't hate Norris at sixty six. I mean, there's a couple of guys down here. Yeah. I'm- Lowest I'm probably going to go is $6,600. Wyndham Clark, I'm, I'm going to give him a chance to break my heart again. Fell apart at the RBC, the Canadian Open, but came seventh there. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but 35th at the Travelers, came 16th last week. He's, he's been doing pretty well off the tee, good around the green, not a bad putter. So that's probably the lowest I'll go down here. Anyone in on Phil? Nah, I can't oh, do yeah. it. I like a hard no for me too. I just just making sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably play Wyndham Clark too. I was actually gonna, you know, uh, I didn't really want to say his name without giving Derek a flat, you know, bad flashback. But uh, Wyndham Clark, Thomas Dietrich, maybe really Dietrich, maybe. Um, what about Zach Johnson? You know, won here before. Um, I thought about it. 
2,500. Yeah, I mean, if, if one of these crafty veterans is going to do it, it, it could definitely be him. Obviously, he's played opens very, very well. Obviously, one here. So he, he might make the 20 max player pool. And we got anyone couple, else we like? Go ahead. A couple names that uh, played well last week. Brandon Wu at 6,100. Um, he ended up finishing sixth, I think. I had a top four each way at him at 201. I placed on Friday. He played really well over the weekend. Uh, JH Kim played really well over the weekend as well. I uh, really made a charge. I think he also finished top 10. Um, yeah, I think just, he might end up being the highest owned down here. I, I've been yeah, hearing his name nonstop after that performance. He played really, really well, so that wouldn't surprise me. But and supposedly the that was owned, the first time he ever played a, a, a Lynx course ever. So, um, he, I mean, he might catch some steam, but do you really need to go that low? I'm going to play a lot of the guys I played last week, Adrian Arnos, uh, Nikolai Hog. Hogard. Uh, Brian Harmon's really good out of the sand, but he's a terrible lag putter, but he's been playing pretty well lately. Um, Thomas Detry, I played over the weekend. And that's really about it. I mean, you got a lot of Euro guys that if you can find some form, you can really get them mispriced down below here because most of the field just doesn't know who they are. Yeah, definitely. And and you're you're always going to see some of those random Euros up towards the top. I mean, we even saw it to an extent last week, so it, it going up high and, and playing a lot of those guys and, and going down here. If you get these guys, right, you're, you're definitely going to be in good shape. So Mike, we, we know your strategy is just play the best guys, but Fitz and Dave, I'll go to you guys individually, but do, do you have like a strategy you're going with this week? Like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to be spread out a little bit more playing a lot of those top end guys and then plant my flags down towards the bottom, really going to go, specifically a lineup where it's guys off the tee that maybe can overpower it. And then uh, one that's basically guys that can play around the green or, or approach similar skill sets. So then I'll play some guys if it gets difficult and a couple lineups where it's a complete birdie fest. So that's really my strategy. You guys got any strategies on how you're going to build some lineups or are you just kind of looking at the pricing and, and trying to, basically play the best guys in a, in a major fits. I'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go too crazy stacking, you know, certain groups, but I do like um, that strategy. You just mentioned, I will have some, you know, early a, you know, different weather stacks, you know, tea time stacks. I will have some, you know, like the lineups I play speeds and I'm looking for that kind of scrambling or, you know, if it plays difficult, um, type of guys i'll have some lineups there i'll have some lineups you know with some guys for if it plays no wind and plays easy and it's a, you know high scoring birdie fest so I'll, I'll separate like that but uh nothing specific you know I'm, I'm gonna just uh play the best guys i'm gonna be overweight on speeds i think i kind of determined that and then uh probably not as heavy you know everybody else 10k above you know i'll play the shefflers and some jt's i might just uh try to really focus on more balanced and um, you know, that nine K and uh, high eight K and you know, like that. All right, Dave, what about you? You, you playing the best plays or you got a strategy going to do a little bit different. Playing the best plays, at least the ones that I think are the best plays. Um, going to really focus on narrowing down the player pool this week. So we'll want to at least consolidate my ownership on you know, planting a few flags across the board, 
and then definitely try to get different. Um, if I'm going to play, you know, a couple of guys in that eight to $9,000 range, maybe grab two guys in the six K range. That way I can be a little bit different. Um, if I go up top, you know, try to not maybe go complete stars and scrubs because anyone playing Rory is probably going to do the same thing by getting, you know, that, um, Zalatoris or that range and as their second guy in maybe I'll drop down and grab two eights and then go down to the bottom also so try to be different but for me my biggest focus this week is once we figure out what the weather is going to be you know get an idea of how this is going to play out where the final score is going to be and then you know go for broke uh pick a bunch of guys that you like or just a couple of guys that you like and then build your lineups around there yeah. And, and like we've been saying with the, with the weather, you know, there could be something that looks like a, a really good draw. You know, maybe, maybe you want to play the guys going off early morning on Thursday, but keep in mind it is Scotland and the shit can change. Like I was looking at it today. I think the three times I looked, it was completely, completely different how hard the wind was blowing, what direction it was going to go. So it, it can change right away. So if you are going to do some wave stacks, because we've seen a lot of times, especially at this tournament, it, it can really, you can just have a huge part of the field just completely wiped out by the weather. I would look at guys that are teeing off close together, keep everyone condensed as, as possible if you're looking to play wave stacks. Otherwise, just do skill sets of, of guys that, that could play well in the wind. Mike, so we, we know your strategy of playing some some of the best plays, but you got any other strategies you might go after this week? Not really. Like, you know, I'll have a couple even balanced, but, you know, I, I, I want the winner. And I think, you know, in the, in the British, you know, the open championship, I think more often than not, the winner is coming from up top. So, you know, it's, I'll be living in that top, you know, above 9.5 and I'll be living right around seven, three and below. Yep. And, and that definitely makes sense. So usually the way we finish it is, is gun to your head. You got to pick one winner. And I'm going to take for you, you can't pick Rory, you can't pick Xander. Who wins? Oh, my God. Rory was like, I, I had my answer already. <laughs> That's why I did it. Mahoma's uh, going to get one eventually. He's okay. going to get one eventually. I'm not saying it's going to be here, but if you're yanking Rory from me, fuck it. I'll, I'm taking Homa. I like it. I like it. And I almost bet him instead of Hideki, but I, I just – like Dave said, there was better numbers earlier in the week and I missed out on them. So like an idiot, I'm, I'm not betting Homa and watch him win now. Fitz, gun to your head. Who's winning? Neiman gets his first major. Oh, shit. We are going crazy here. Dave, who you got? Drill Hatton. I've been betting him for weeks. He's finally going to win one. Oh, man. Terrell Hatton. So you guys are going down the board a little bit. I'm going to say Colin Morikawa back-to-back. It's happening. Okay, okay. Going to be interesting. I, I think that the weather holds up a little bit, and, and he, he can do it. So, yeah, this, this was good. I think we went over a, a lot, covered a lot of different angles, a lot of different perspectives. Definitely like having four different angles on this. So everything went good, and uh, just have fun out there. No, but Fitz, any last words, any last strategy, anything you, you want to say? Uh, first off, yeah, most importantly, just have fun out there. Uh, you know, definitely the way to go. Um, nah, seriously, uh, 
Yeah, and I, I think we kind of say this, you know, it seems like we said this every, you know, every major, but uh, I think most importantly here, even though it's going to be hard to predict and can change, um, definitely pay attention to the weather. Uh, you know, the wind, weather's going to play a huge uh, key there, you know, right on, uh, right on the coast there. Um, so pay attention to the weather. And I think, you know, you uh, kind of, Dave kind of mentioned it, um, you know, plant your flags, get your player pool, you know, don't just spread yourself too thin playing everybody. So just uh, have your strategy, pay attention to the weather and just have fun out there. Absolutely. Dave, you got anything to add? Um, it's Monday night. That's pretty much it. We got a long way to go until lock on Thursday morning. Uh, a lot of things can change, especially with the weather, especially with international weather. You know, it just plays crazy out there. But more than anything, such a player pool. And like you guys said, just have fun out there, boys. Perfect. Mike, what about you? You got, you got any parting words for the listeners? Be responsible out there. Bet within your means. Don't bet it if you can't afford it. That's life lessons for everybody. I'll be the adult if nobody else is going to be the adult. God damn it. I had and, way too much fun here tonight, boys. And <laughs> fuck ownership. And, and fuck ownership. Yeah. Nuts, right? just, just, just throw the stone cold nuts out there and you don't need to worry about ownership. I will chop first place the next 50 weeks while you guys are all trying. Oh, I got to get different. I got to get different. Fuck it. Give me a chop of first every single week from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> chopping them in all right guys th this this was awesome hopefully we have a good open and uh maybe one of the four of us will take one of these bad boys down so good job and i'll talk to you guys soon thanks Derek. take it easy everybody be good boys i allowed to curse yeah i just said okay. fuck we're yeah, gonna say a lot I, of fucks. I assumed you were gonna cut that. No, fuck. No, that. We're, we're just letting this nonsense roll through. <laughs> hey, 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 Mike. The main thing is just have fun out there, bro. That's all I ever do.